Hey, hey, welcome back with Cross Talk with the Pinkneys. We got Holly on deck. Mr. Pinkney on deck. My and, first name is Eric, though. Like, yeah. Very good. Very <laughs> good. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Mm -hmm. And today, we got our first live guest. Why don't you introduce yourself, fella? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, how's it going, everybody? I'm Renzi, and I'm just definitely honored to be the first guest on this podcast, and then I'm looking forward to it and excited what God's going to do and what more. Absolutely. Better way to spend my Sunday afternoon, but with my two favorite people right here. Bless. So. I did fish. not tell him to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but on a serious note, as you, as anybody heard the last episode, I'm slow, I quickly mentioned Renz in the reference in regards to worship. And, uh, things like that and ironically uh, he is here for the third episode <laughs> to talk about that topic today's topic is going to be on worship what worship is what it looks like and many other things so so yeah we're going to jump right in with it there's no point in wasting any time um so worship like I just wanted to start with like a basic definition of worship and like Google is awesome because Google gives you all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. But there was one that like really popped out here. It's like to worship is to show love and adoration for something. But like religious believers worship gods. It says people can worship other people yeah, and things too. Mm -hmm. um, but this is what got me. Worship is an extreme form of love. Ooh. It's a type of unquestioning devotion. I'm happy that we defined it because like the one article I was reading, it says that a lot of people when they hear the word worship, they just think we singing. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. like, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I'm glad we right down to foundation. That Worship. goes, that goes deep, man. Yeah. Like it really is. so beyond uh, an external, you know, worshiping, singing type thing. Yeah, because um, singing is just one way to express your worship. There's mm -hmm. so many ways to express your worship, really. So, you know, but there's just the stigma that it's only through um, singing that we worship. Yeah, and I think uh, it's almost been like worship has, or I'm not worship, singing has almost been, I don't know, raised onto a pedestal that maybe it wasn't originally meant to be in. Like, now I love to sing. I love to play the piano. So music has a very special place in my heart. But I think it's easy to be in love with singing instead of being in love with worship. Mm. Mm. Hey man, talk about it, Queen. Yeah, that is, and like, actually, I'll be transparent. I'm battling that a little bit right now. I have uh, something called perfectionism. <laughs> 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 that is like a really hard mindset that I am tackling right now. And one of the things that I'm doing is I'm on a rotation at our church, where we're rotating, you know, different services where we're leading worship. And mine is coming up, and I'm frustrated because there's been so many songs that have been on my heart that whenever I actually sit down and try to get the notes down the way I hear it in my head, it's not perfect in my eyes. And so I'm like really super frustrated when I need to go back and realize perfection is not a requirement 
but really being able to connect with something where the worship flows more freely and authentically, I think is where it needs to be at. So, yeah. The irony, imperfect people want to have perfection. That's just funny to me. Uh, yeah, here I am. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's... You're not alone. I feel like we all do it some way. Yeah, point. because, I mean, that's out of our, you know, heart to want to worship mm-hmm. and, and, and at the best of our ability, we want to give our best effort. And in that, sometimes we try to overcomplicate the situation by having the standard perfection, but forgetting it's not technically it's unrealistic. You know, not to say that you should use that as an alibi to not put in your best effort. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, don't actually just try to go so far beyond what you're actually capable of or just don't do it at all because you think that it won't match up because mm-hmm. you're just overanalyzing or overthinking in the situation. So, yeah, I think we all suffer from that. So, Miss mm-hmm. Payne is not alone in this situation. And, yeah, and there's some positive thing about that too because it just shows that you really care and you, like, you, know, you take what you do seriously because, you know, you, you're not just taking it for granted that it's actually a privilege to be mm-hmm. up there and do that and just to worship the God that loves us so much, you know, so Absolutely. let's definitely take that into account too. Yeah. And I, I think you always have to go back to that foundation of why are you up there to start with? Mm-hmm. You know, are you, are you there for a concert? <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you there, um, you know, to, to just be talented or are you allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through you as imperfect as you may be? But are you using the gifts that he has given you to glorify him and not glorify yourself? Yeah, are you trying to represent yourself well? Are you trying yes. to represent him well? Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Talk about Amen. I mean, Holy Spirit will do everything it needs to do to glorify the God in itself. But you, by your own flesh, cannot do that. Yeah. So y'all going to have to be in prayer for me this week. Mm-hmm. We got you. We got you. Definitely. Yes, yeah. please, because I don't. I want to have a right mind. That's mm-hmm. always wants to be first and foremost is having a right mind, having a right heart. Um, so whenever we started talking about bringing up the subject of worship, there is one verse that really just comes across to me. Um, I don't know that that always feels like it it should be how we are when we're worshiping Mm -hmm. but i want to kind of dissect that a little bit more and the the verse is in john chapter 4 um verses 24 and this is jesus in conversation with the woman at the well um actually we were just talking off mic about um context and how important context is like i i used to be one of those ones who would just find a scripture that would kind of fit how I was feeling Mm -hmm. but now I just want to see everything in context the way it's really meant to be and not what my mind wants it to be future Mm -hmm. episode on that oh yeah coming later definitely looking forward to that one too yes okay so in this one in particular I'm gonna go to NLT version um just because Um, Jesus is saying to the woman at the well, um, starting in verse 21, he says, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. So to give you a little bit of background, this woman was a Samaritan. Um, The Samaritans and the Jews did not get along. Samaritans were half-breeds. 
um, and purebred Jews had a prejudice against them. So they were kind of like the outcast family. So the Jews worshipped at the temple in Jerusalem, but the Samaritans worshipped at a separate place because they were unclean. They couldn't go to the temple. So Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman here um, who, who is he's telling her there's going to come a time when it's not going to matter where you're where you're worshiping the father at. Um, continuing on in verse 22, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship while we Jews know all about him for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, and indeed it's here now, when the true worshiper, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him in that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Like, let's talk about that a little bit. What do you feel like that's meaning? Worshiping the spirit and truth? Yes. I mean, to me, is I think it's... I don't think the and separates the two in any kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. They're just both to be done in unison yep. at all times. Like, I mean, I tell people about this all the time when I speak with unbelievers or just, I guess, Christians that have never really thought about it. When we talk about just what do you believe? Like, you you act according to how what you believe. I mean, if... If it doesn't have an effect on how you live your life, is it truly belief? I think that's why it's so powerful when the Bible just says, Lord, please help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. So, because you're, you're going to act in a certain way or live your life a certain way according to your belief. Like, there's unlike fire, for instance. When it's saying that fire is hot, it can cause us harm if we're not careful around it and things like that. But if somebody tells me those two facts that they believe about fire... And while they're telling you, hey, I believe that fire is hot and it could be dangerous to my skin. And they just put their hand in the fireplace. I'm going to be like, are you either crazy or you yeah. don't or you might be both. You crazy and you don't believe that fire is truly hot because your flesh is coming off. You know what I mean? Like, so when you worship in spirit and truth, what what you believe determines how you act in a yeah. sense. I hope that's explaining. I hope I'm explaining it well enough. Like, just to piggyback on that, like, to be able to worship, let's start with truth. Yeah, talk about it. What, what is truth? How would you worship in truth? And I think that goes back to having an accurate view of who God is. Amen. Yep, definitely. Because big thing of worship is actually the truth part is doctrine. Because if you don't know what you're worshiping, you're actually committing idolatry. Because yes. you're surrendering to stuff you don't know. So that's why it's very important to we know. We know the truth is. What, doc, what did uh, Shailene say? Doxology without theology is idolatry because yeah. doxology is a form of phrase. But mm -hmm. if you don't have theology, yeah. that's you're pretty much giving praise to something that you don't even know what you're praising in a sense. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it, it's like that's when it's turned over to emotionalism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Straight yeah. emotionalism. Mm -hmm. And then if you're tying an accurate view of truth, of who God is, that is the object of your worship, then to do it in spirit, if you think about how the spirit ties in with the body and the mind and the soul, mm -hmm. I think in spirit it means engaging all of those pieces yes. together. Mm -hmm. So being able to worship in spirit and in truth, engaging all of you, like your heart, your mind, your soul, your whole being, into an accurate worship of God. 
Mm-hmm. Like, so if we have that complete picture of worship in spirit and in truth, imagine taking everything that we have and dropping the truth part of it. Mm. That's a dangerous thing, man. But then again, I mean, if you look, that's how the world operates, to be honest yes. with you. Like, because truth is relative to the yes. world. And like, everybody's right in one scenario or the other. And that's really dangerous. Like, mm-hmm. That's just... That's crazy. That's another so, subject too. So. so, spirit without truth, mm-hmm. we could say is more emotionalism because you're mm-hmm. putting your all into something, but you mm-hmm. don't know the focus of your mm-hmm. worship. Mm-hmm. Now let's flip that. If you have an accurate knowledge of God, but you're not engaging all of Him all mm-hmm. or all of you into mm-hmm. that worship, then what does that look like? How would you define that? Being able to have an accurate view of God, but not putting your all into worship. I think, t- to me, that almost looks like a lukewarm Christian. Or just yes. unbelief, mm-hmm. period. Yeah, yeah that's like. complete unbelief. Because mm-hmm. how could you not, after knowing what God's done, that truth that he came, die for you, like what happened to him on that cross, and then mm-hmm. how he resurrect- resurrected and gave you the hope and victory. After knowing that, if you don't... Worship, I feel like, yeah, that's just got to check your heart on that one because it um, reminds me of one of the churches in Revelation mm-hmm. when they lost their first love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, for a love to go cold, it's like you, you have to have forgotten what he did for you, mm-hmm. what that mm-hmm. felt like. Man, yes, like I needed this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I needed this. I needed to go back down memory lane and think about all that God has brought me from like, wow, what, what an awesome God. It was like, we went to the um, PIA tour last night, the Poets in Autumn tour, spoken word. Oh my Lord, y'all, wherever you're at, if they're touring there, you need to go. You just need to go. It was so powerful. But one of the poets there is genetics. We were just listening to some of their old um, poems today, Mm -hmm. sitting around. And there was something that she said, and one of her poems that really, like I've heard it before, but the way she put it was just, it was just awesome and impactful where she talks about how she, she can't be quiet mm-hmm. about what God has done for her. She doesn't know how to contain it. And she said, I'm not going to apologize for that. She said, but what baffles me is when I see people who are Christians who are at secular events, screaming their heads off, shouting, excited, going nuts but then when they come to church, they are completely silent and say, eh, that's not really my thing. That's that's really convicting as a guy who goes to a lot of rap battle events. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel that. Like, so let, let's take it into yeah. forms of worship because there are different forms of worship, internal and external. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's like talk about that some. Like, what are some like external forms of worship that you see? External? Yes. Are we talking idolatry? What are we doing? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Like, oh, like how people express themselves yes, as far as worship? Yes. Well, I mean, we go to church and we go to a Pentecostal church, so let's mm-hmm. talk about it. Uh, um, <laughs> sometimes they could be running up and down the house. Um, mm-hmm. They could be screaming, stomping. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, sometimes I won't lie. Sometimes I kind of look at people strange. Not that the fact that they, I don't think they should express themselves that way, because me, I don't know what God has delivered them through. Mm-hmm. Heck, if they told me, I might think what they were doing running down the aisle is still insufficient. You know, some of the stories we have in our mm-hmm. own church. You know what I mean? So some of the victory that's been gained 
through uh, Jesus Christ for them and, and what Jesus has brought them from. So, I mean, yeah, people express themselves through uh, vocally, through song and praise. Uh, like I said, dancing. I mean, people have different gifts and art forms. Like last yeah. night we saw poetry. Mm-hmm. And good grave, that's, that's a gift because... I don't even understand how they compose some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just... And those are just some some uh, examples. What y'all got? Um, lifted hands. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's a form of external worship. Um, being able to kneel. I got one. Yes. And this is it's rare for me, but when it happens, it's real. I would say tears. Yes. Yes, For me, yeah. tears are... It's so much that can be... Uh, expressing just crying. I sometimes I used to be subconscious mm-hmm. or self conscious about my worship because our brother Renz here is a worshiper. Like he has very <laughs> convicting worship, and <laughs> and I, I'm I'm thankful for it. But sometimes I I fall into the habit of comparing my worship to other people. Mm-hmm. I think since I'm not doing something they're doing, if I don't have my hands lifted, I don't think I'm worshiping enough. I mean, there's been times where songs have wrecked me. Yeah. You know, like when me just thinking about what God has done for me or how I'm not worshiping God the way I am being convicted. I'm being wrecked. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily running up and down the aisles, but I guess you could say internally, yeah. I'm getting blended. Like, my my soul is in a blender. Mm-hmm. Like, so you know you're I mean? more mm-hmm. of a introverted worshiper? Is that how you would describe it? Or I think I'm an omnivert. Um, mm. <laughs> Define, please. <laughs> it's a little bit of both, depending okay. on the scenario. Not to say that I act one way at this time or, or act one way at another time, but I've literally had those kind of internal worshiping moments mm-hmm. that I couldn't help but to raise my hands and express myself, whether it be in tears and lifted hands or both, mm-hmm. and say hallelujah or glory to God, and mm-hmm. just based off what he may be testing me through the events he's allowed to transpire in my life at the time. Because mm-hmm. we don't go in there with the same scenario every Sunday. Like, that's not even mm-hmm. realistic to say. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can be, yeah, I can be both. But I say primarily for the most part, I literally, when we sing songs at church, not to say that worship is just going through songs, but we sing certain songs at church. Um, a lot of times I'm focusing on what those words are saying, not that y'all are singing them, mm-hmm. but what those words and uh, that song is saying to me and God and our relationship personally. Mm-hmm. And then that sometimes brings out a completely different result. So, yeah. I like it. So what does worship look like outside of church who i love let me tackle that one because i feel like <laughs> let's go rinse <laughs> pictures i just had the perfect picture what that's like to me because every time they say like you know every time we talk about worship we always go to the place where it's like worship in spirit and truth and then i always ask myself what does that thing look like so i think the fir- uh, the bible actually says that and then if we go to luke chapter 7 verses 37 36 to 50 that's the story about the woman anointing jesus feet and to Mm -hmm. me that just like the perfect picture of worship because let me just paint the the scenario for you guys so this is you know the bible was written 2000 years ago so Mm -hmm. 21st 20 um you know 2000 years ago and then so jesus was invited to i think one of the banquets and like he was there and then he was hanging out with like um i think lazarus I think mm-hmm. that's what it is. And then, you know, the Pharisees was there. So all the men was there. Like, you know, they're just having a feast, which is like uncommon during the first century. And then there was this woman who like, obviously she probably is not invited. And then out of nowhere, she just entered the house and just started started weeping. And 
and start washing Jesus' feet with her hair and with her tears. And the first thing that I noticed there is that wash with her hair. Back in those days, you have a hair covering because mm-hmm. as a woman, it's very immoral for mm-hmm. you to uncover your hair because mm-hmm. hair is actually your glory. It says, it states in 1 Corinthians, Corinthians 11, 15, that that's your glory. And then like, it's if you remove, actually during that time, if you remove your uh, head covering and go out in public, that's actually one of good reasons for your husband to divorce you because mm. you're just committing like mm-hmm. immoral that's unmodest to them and it does just crazy into the fact that she did that in front of like the crowd with men mm-hmm. and just like crying there and weeping and washing jesus feet and that's just to me just she just saw what the truth is and then i'm pretty sure she was just like led by that spirit to worship because of what jesus done because she was actually a sinner but God forgave him. He saw, he, he, she experienced that forgiveness and there's nowhere else to do but to do that. Like to wipe, <laughs> I mean, to be there. Yeah. Like for, you're a woman, yeah. first off. And that's <laughs> like, you know, it just during that time, it's just different. And the second, you remove your head covering, your glory mm-hmm. and just start worshiping Jesus. And then well, that's just amazing to me. And to me, that's the perfect picture of what worshiping in truth and spirit is. I think if you were to look kind of at the context in that too, there's a beautiful analogy I think that Jesus brings out because she is um, at his feet. Mm -hmm. She's washing them. She's drying them with her hair. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she also has an expensive alabaster box Mm -hmm. of oil Mm -hmm. that she pours on him. Like I, I forgot how much money, I mean, it's a lot of money that it's worth, Mm -hmm. like maybe a year's salary. Mm -hmm. I could be off, but somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. And Jesus calls the host over because they're just appalled that Jesus is letting this go on. (laughs) And Jesus knew what they were thinking in their minds and calls the host over and says, you know, whenever I came in, you did not give me a basin to wash my feet. Mm. You did not um, greet me with a kiss. And this woman has not ceased kissing my feet. Mm -hmm. You did not give me oil to anoint my head because that's Mm -hmm. what they did in those days. They Mm -hmm. anointed their head of their guests that came in. And he said that she took this most precious gift that she had and broke it out on his feet. Mm -hmm. So even though this Pharisee was going through the motions of inviting Jesus over, he just, you can tell his heart was not in honoring who Jesus was mm-hmm. because all of the formalities um, that normally would happen to a guest, the hospitality was not there. It was just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Whereas she fought the stigma to be able to enter into the house to start with, but to be able to pour her worship out at Jesus' feet. And it had nothing to do with the song. Mm-hmm. There was nothing. no song or nothing. Oh. It's just the knowledge of who Jesus really is and, and what, what he, he did, did for her. Because mm-hmm. you know how much anxiety the average person would have now to go through all the, like, to just bypass all those stigmas, what they're going to think of me, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be yes. here. She said, forget all that. Yes. And went straight to the king's feet and just worship him in the purest form. Probably one of the purest illustrations of worship in the yes. Bible, to yeah. be honest with you. Mm. Like, I mean, he was like, what? Who was the guy who said, "How dare you waste this uh this oil on her?" Yeah, Judas. Uh, and he was the just, money holder. Yeah, <laughs> the one who betrayed Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. The irony. I, right? <laughs> but like, yeah. It just, to me, it, it actually brings up so much emotion, too, just to see the picture of this woman at Jesus' feet because Jesus' feet was where she needed to be. And how many times are we Martha that's running around trying to get so many things done? We think there are so many things that are more important than just being and sitting at the feet of Jesus. Not necessarily that he is doing anything for us, but we are just in that place of retrospect and remembering what he's done and truly pouring out our hearts at his feet. If anything, just to say, thank you for what you have done for me. Thank you for pulling me out of the pit that I was in. What a beautiful place to be at. That's what you call acceptable worship unto the Lord right Mm -hmm. there. I mean, I mean, I, I agree. Um, that's, I'm glad we got onto this part about what is that work? What does that worship look like outside of church? Um, Simply put, what's your life like, man? Mm-hmm. Like, how are you living? What do you mean? Like, I mean, that's that's just like one of the questions you ask yourself. I mean, what does your prayer life look like? What does your time with the Lord look like on a daily basis? Do you have all the intentions of giving God His praise and glory on Sunday and just go throughout the rest of the week forgetting all of those things? Is that true worship? Like, I mean, would you do that to your spouse? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I appreciate you, baby. I'm just gonna ignore you all week. Like, how how does that look? You mean like that? That's just, not good. I can tell you that. Yeah, that's not a, that's not a good that's not a good way to maintain a, a healthy relationship. And uh, I mean, I'm convicted even speaking it to be honest with you, because uh, sometimes we get caught up with being busy mm-hmm. and, and not worshiping on um, the Lord, who allows all these things to transpire. And, I mean, worship is is it's bigger than song. It really mm-hmm. is, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I remember there was days before we got married when I would just wake up to read my Bible that you bought me. Mm-hmm. That's how I knew I was going to marry her. But um, <laughs> uh, she bought me this Bible, and it, and she, it has my name engraved in it. And I was thinking, like, thanks to the what this Bible is talking about, the main figure, Jesus Christ, not only is my name engraved on this Bible, but it's engraved in his book of life. Mm-hmm. That will I will see him with my own eyes in it today, and I literally couldn't read the Bible. Only thing I could do was literally just cry, and I just saw tears flood my the cover of my Bible. And I think that that was one of, like obviously I remember that vividly. That was like 2015, sometime before me and my wife got married. So um, yeah, I mean, worship is my lifestyle, man. Like there's certain things I, I won't be doing because I mean. It, it, Jesus died for our sins. Mm-hmm. So why would I entertain myself doing the things that put him up there? Things that got him beaten to the point of yes. being unrecognized and things of that nature. And just live my life the way it once was. I can't do that. Not believing this. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's when, go back to believing. I, I couldn't. Because, I mean, I've had my times where, I mean, some of them poems last night was speaking to me, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just some of the stuff that's happening out here in the world. And, I mean, sometimes you, you get kind of self-righteous and be like, yo, where's God in all this? Yeah. But then I'm instantly convicted when they get to that turning point of the mm-hmm. poem. It's just like, all right, you just, you, so you just going to forget, you know, everything else that happened. But it's just like being in a broken world. I mean, I mean, I can have those thoughts, but it's, it's those negative fleshful thoughts are not powerful enough to override the holy spirit that Mm -hmm. rules my life now you know what i'm saying i will endure this the bible says those who endure to the end shall be saved 
and I I endure all the challenges that come with this lifestyle, and that is my worship. And I'm not perfect at it. I'll be the first one to claim that off top, you know. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't use my uh, alibi or my imperfection as an alibi to use grace as toilet paper for intentional sin. But that's mm-hmm. another topic in itself. But that's what my worship is like. Yeah, and you definitely brought a great point in there. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, that's. The, one of the obvious ways to see if you're worshiping is your lifestyle and then because that happened to me too because like after knowing that the truth is what God did for me and then after that there's no going back there's nowhere nothing else to do but fall on your knees and mm-hmm. worship because it's how much you were loved you were given the mercy and grace like that you do not deserve especially I've known myself the things I've been through what I did like you know during my rebellious time you know like when I didn't know God and it's just you just have to worship and then and God and I, I believe that's what it's wired in all of us it's it's in there some whether you believe or in God or something we all worship something mm-hmm. and just a matter of what and who and because that's like that's what we prioritize that's the number one in our list and So yeah, so worship is not just a Sunday thing. Like mm-hmm. the scripture says in whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do it for the glory of God because that's worship is just giving glory to God, what he did, who he is and it's it's a it's a lifestyle. Like you know, in Monday morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's everyday process. It's it's just what it is. I think that's like a a good challenge for like mm-hmm. all of us. Oh yes, definitely. Anybody listening as well like take a self-evaluation. Like what does worship look like in your life and is worship only happening on Sundays? Yes. Is worship only happening anytime you're inside the walls of church and if it is, if that's reality for you, why? Mm-hmm. Like question that, mm-hmm. um, because in order to really have that deeper relationship with God and to be scriptural to to worship Him in spirit and in truth, that's got to happen outside the walls of the church. Absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah, and this is a very serious topic because I feel like it's so scary talking about this because it's convicting me because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, just, I'm probably in between when y'all don't hear my voice. I'm in a blender right now, so <laughs> like I, because I think one of the things that um, pastors say all the time is they show me your wallet and your calendar, and I'll show you what you worship the most. Yes. And then like, I swear every time they say that, <laughs> uh, I'm just like, yo, my life is pretty freaking terrible right now. <laughs> uh, like yeah. if, when it comes to what you know, I spent what time I have put forth to spend time with the Lord, whether it be in prayer, word worship whatever the case may be a lot of times the scale is imbalanced it's funny because my brother's work shirt says worship on it like it's just <laughs> yeah it was one it's gonna be one of those times it's yeah. one of those days so <laughs> yes. yeah any closing thoughts guys this is this has been this has been really convicting it most of our shows are Very i gotta edifying. put this on plug too like if you really want to see worship in lifestyle Please go check out my man David. He is located in First and Second Samuel. I feel like that's the true <laughs> definition of worship, right there. Like just from the beginning of his life throughout the end, it's like yes. he's been through a lo- roller coaster, right? He's been through a lot. He's done some horrible things, but one thing 
that never left him is like the constant thing about him is like he's just worship mm-hmm. and view in God because at the end of his life is still worshiping God in his deathbed he's still saying mm-hmm. like wow that's the God I serve so yeah definitely check him out so I gotta put him on plug because he's one of my favorite out there I love it self-reflection I would say that's probably one of the most beneficial things I think a lot of people and to worship God the way he truly deserves to be. Don't just read your Bible as a check mark thing to mm-hmm. do in the morning. Yes. When you read the Bible, I don't I'm not I'm not a guy that's big on quantity of reading. Uh, I want to know what the session of your reading is. Oh, I don't want to know. I'm more focused on what the session of your reading was like. Were you reading and reflecting? Were you looking at, did you see yourself in certain parts of the Bible or the scripture that you're reading that morning that you can uh, reflect on or practice those things you're reading in your own life and stuff like that? So don't focus on a quantity. I would say focus on a quality and have those tough talks because I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. There are two people you can't lie to convincingly. You cannot lie to God. <laughs> you cannot lie to yourself. But you can lie to everyone else, but there's no point in lying to everyone else because we all have to see God at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So it's between you and him, and I would say focus on your relationship with him. So. Amen. Amen. Because, you know, if you get to the point where you can lie to yourself. Uh, That's so... Yeah, you're... you're yeah. Hit our inbox. Uh, <laughs> I'm underscore, just going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, the underscore Pinkneys on Twitter if you want to contact us, if you have awesome. a Twitter account. So. Are y'all? This has been Crosstalk with the Pinkneys with our guest, Mr. Renz Osaya. It's been this a blast. I had a great time. Like, time flies by fast when you're having it fun. It does. So. It does. Yep. And I don't know how to turn that thing off. <laughs> until next time, y'all. Peace. <laughs>